At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, yo, what it do, baby? It's the Preachers of Sneakers podcast. Back at it again with another super dope conversation. On today's episode, we get away from the theological discussion about sneakers and streetwear and all that, and we talk to one of the biggest names in sneaker reviewing, content creation, YouTube, all that good stuff. Today, I've got my homie Jacques Slade, a.k.a. Cousteau, on all the socials. He decided that uh, he had enough free time to come stop in on the most popular sneaker podcast, the Preachers and Sneakers podcast, to chop it up about all things sneakers, content creation, his rap career, his appearances on Community, all that good stuff. He's a super fun dude. He creates some amazing content across all the platforms. And if, you, if you've never heard of him before, I think you're going to be a huge fan by the end of this conversation. So stay tuned for my conversation with Jacques Slade. Today's episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast is brought to you by the Hidden Figures podcast. My new project with my buddy Justice Marimi, where we talk all about building wealth, how to steward it, and how to feel good about it. We also talk about saving, giving, investing, all that good stuff. And we've got some really awesome conversations coming up with guys like Anthony O'Neill from Ramsey Solutions and Brandon Turner from Bigger Pockets. You're going to learn all about real estate and getting out of debt, saving, all that good stuff. So head on over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, review, and share all that good stuff. Also, if for some reason you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Preachers and Sneakers podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and a review and share with a friend or an enemy, depending on your thoughts on the podcast. So really appreciate you doing that and make sure that you subscribe. Okay, enough of all this. Let's get to my conversation with Jacques Slade. Today on the Preachers and Sneakers podcast, I've got, uh, dare I say, one of my sneaker idols, if I'm allowed to say that. Uh, He's Ah. an OG unboxer. He's a sneaker reviewer, a rapper, a tech, music, entertainment commentator, an actor, an Xbox collector. But most importantly, he shared the TV <laughs> stage with my homie Wordsplayed. That's right. I've got Jock Slade, a.k.a. Oh, Cousteau, man. 
on the podcast that is, today. That is quite the intro. <laughs> you, you, uh, you, that's quite the intro. That makes me sound like I am a lot more important than I actually am. But yeah, I think, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it and I'll play it for my mom. Heck yeah. She'll appreciate you think, it. You think they bought it? <laughs> I think so. It's, think it's worth so. every dollar you're paid, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so Jacques, uh, thanks so much for doing this. I mean, uh, when I say this, like, you know, I don't really want to idolize people, but since I've been interested in sneakers, you've been one of the top guys that furthered my interest in the sneakers like the whole unboxing oh, wow. experience the uh kind of commentary on resale and what's gonna kind of be a brick or what's gonna be hyped all that kind of stuff and then all the things you've done in the kind of the tech space and entertainment space uh i'm a big fan of your career so i appreciate you doing this Thank and you. i know you're in la doing big things so how are things out in la currently uh things are great nice nice beautiful day today uh you know just working just working that's it just like just like anybody else people think i live this glamorous life but really all i do is sit in the studio and make videos and edit videos all day long uh, and that I, I that is where the reality the, of my life <laughs> that is the kind of the bulk of the work i would think is the editing piece right you're spending yeah. a ton of time on premiere or whatever you use uh that's Absolutely. awesome man so for people that maybe so the people that listen to my podcast, pretty diverse backgrounds. So for the people that aren't in the sneaker world and maybe mm-hmm. not know about your YouTube and all the stuff you're doing, do you mind giving me a quick background about how you kind of got to your spit, got to the place you are in your career and all that? Yeah. So, uh, I started, I started way back in 2010. I was writing about sneakers for sneaker websites and this was before the, uh, before sneaker YouTube was a thing, mm-hmm. um, there were a couple of guys there, like Franolations, uh, Sneak Geeks. They were they were already on the platform creating content, and um, a couple of other, a couple of other folks. And then um, I was working for one of the bigger publishers, and I started doing content with them, just creating videos online for them. Um, I wanted to create something that looked like a TV show sort of thing. Yeah. And I was doing this show called Today in Sneaks, which was like this e-news version. I was doing Today in Sneaks and This Week in Sneaks. Um, it's funny because you see like some of the sneaker YouTubers are like kind of reproducing that same sort of content these days. Yeah, I was about to say um, there's a there's a few kind of weekly update sneaker shows now. And so you yeah, were one of the yeah. first. So you, uh, yeah, so I was doing that back in 2010. Um, I probably started doing unboxings, I would say probably in 2014, 2015. Um, and then it's just kind of grown from there. Um, did the, the MJ house tour yeah. for the launch of, of one of the signature shoes. And that really helped kind of catapult me because that video kind of, that video went viral on its own. It has like totally 17 million out, views outside of me. Yeah. Totally outside of me. Uh, and the funny thing about that is that it went viral like six to nine months after it was already online. So I had posted it and it did like I, I believe it did like sixty, seventy thousand views or something like that, and it was like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, like that's that's a successful video. Back then, for me, that was great; it was yeah. awesome. Um, and then, like six to nine months later, it just started kind of building momentum until um, it hit a million, and then it just kept growing and going and going, and now it's sitting at you know seventeen million, which is. Un, like has nothing to do with me <laughs> like people are like oh you did this but i was like that, that has absolutely nothing to do with me was it like, the algorithm the luck of the draw 
I, it had to be the algorithm, the, the right place, the right time. It just, I don't know what it was, but it, it had nothing to do with my skill or my talent. <laughs> I'm going to force you to not be so humble throughout this conversation. So how was that like? I mean, a, a very select few people have been able to see MJ's compound. And not only yeah. did you get to go, but you got a bunch of swag and stuff there too, right? At his gym. Yeah, yeah. We got to play on his court. We got to go inside of his gym. We got to go inside his house. Look a little, look around, look around a little bit of the house. Uh, probably more of the outhouse than the actual house. Uh-huh. Um, and, I mean, it was obviously a great experience. Like I think more than anything, going through those gates was probably the most was the coolest thing. Like just going through the twenty three gates, like yeah. I'm actually inside the property line. Like that was probably like the biggest moment. But it's obviously fun to get to play basketball on the court where he trained and practiced and all that stuff. Um, and then seeing like the house and then like the golf course, the little mini golf course that he has there. And like it's, I mean, it, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, this is like I've always wanted to go to MJ's house uh, to play basketball. You know, like yeah. like how can you really top playing basketball at Michael Jordan's house? Dude, it's like a once in a lifetime thing. And you were yeah. you were invited there by the brand, or how did you? Get yeah, that? I was I was invited there by Jordan Brand. Okay. So it was it wasn't just me; it was a bunch of different people. Uh, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, Nice Kicks, Complex, Sneaker News, like all of those, like every, all of the the typical sneaker outlets were invited. Hmm. And so, I mean, so that would, or at least that video, you would count as the moment where your your account started to do to really right grow. to the left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That 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 definitely changed the um changed the trajectory of the growth on the channel. Um and 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 started to kind of put me in a uh in a different position and separate me from some of the other uh from some of the other people that were creating content at the time. But what I mean you had to have had ex a presence in the space before that though for you to get that invite. Like were you just more did sneaker publications know who you were before that? Is that like what was the source of the end? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was already writing for so I was writing from 2010 to 2013. I was writing for uh, one of the sneaker publications. OK, yeah, that's right. And then, 20, and then and then 2013, I started doing it on my own. So I, I just make kind of just maintain those relationships that I had from the sneaker publication. Um, and they 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 saw that I was still creating content. So I still got invited to events because I was still, you know, producing stuff that people wanted to watch. Yeah. And so now uh you as a nice networking play then to uh <laughs> yeah, yeah uh so yeah. now you're not only doing you're continuing to do unboxing but you also have some more broad scope content that you're putting out on a weekly basis can you talk briefly about that about like yes go ahead yeah yeah i mean i i think what i what i wanted to do was to to show uh i guess really everyone that i could do more than just talk about sneakers and so I wanted to be able to kind of tap into the other interests that I have, which are video games, like technology, cell phones, cameras, computers, um, and then also entertainment. Like, you know, just like anybody else, I, I, just like, you know, anyone, I'm more well-rounded than just sneakers. Sneakers just happens to be the thing that I'm, I'm probably most well-known mm-hmm. for. And so I started creating this other content to really uh, to show that I could talk about other things and that I could do other things and that I could host other things. Um, because I, at the end of the day, I, wanted, I didn't want it to be handicapped by sneakers uh, i just want i wanted yeah i wanted to be pigeon i didn't want to be pigeonholed by sneakers i wanted sneakers to be more of um 
a, a, a launching point, um, something that I could always reference and always have as a base, but still be able to do all of these different things. And so that's why I started doing what's popping. Um, started doing like the top five, and, and that has opened up doors of me hosting other things and doing things for other people. Hence, why you're spending all day in the editing room and the the filming <laughs> yes. room because the uh, what's popping specifically is really well done to me because it's formatted for IG stories and swipe yes. ups and all that. Um, and it's not just you videoed, like it's really highly produced. Are you doing that all yourself or do you have a team at this point? Uh, I have, I have an editor and I have a co-writer. Uh, so I work with, I have two. So my team, I, I guess my production team is three people. Okay. So I have an editor that I work with. I have a writer that I work with and then, uh, me generally the way that it works now in the pandemic era of life, uh, I shoot edit I, I shoot i light shoot host quote unquote and record everything i upload it to my editor he does the edit of what's popping um sends it back to me and i post it um and my co-writer and i collaborate on like these are the stories that we think we're going to talk about today um and then we put that together um and i use that use that as my script for the yeah, show interesting and you're putting those out five times a week or uh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, that would be nice. Um, I do them <laughs> at this point. We're doing what's popping um, twice, three times a week, twice a week. Is it two times a week, two or three times mm-hmm. a week? And then we're doing a top five once a week. And then um, I have a show on Snapchat that I do once a week um, on their discover called the kickback. And then I have my YouTube channel and I try to get like three to four videos up on my YouTube channel. Dude, that is, that is crazy because none of that stuff is a 30 minute deal, bro. No, 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 no. Like it's, this is literally like, this is literally a full-time job. Yeah. This is literally my, my full-time job. Like I wake up just like anybody else, get ready in the morning and I come into the studio and I work probably more than I probably should. And I'm, I'm like last, last night I was literally in here, um, till 10 30 at night, probably got in here about nine. So I worked like a 10, a 12 hour day yesterday, 12 hour more day. Yesterday. Jeez, but isn't it so much better to put in that kind of work for your own thing instead of somebody else's thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely better that I'm, I'm this is me and I'm working on me and like, I'm able to to, to focus on like my own interest and being able to make a living off of it. Like there's, I, I can't, I can't complain about the job that I yeah, have. Yeah. That's, that's so dope. Cause from the outside, it really looks like you're living a lot of people's dreams. Like, wait, I get paid to talk <laughs> about sneaks, video games, entertainment, sports, all at my own pace, all based on my own creative, you know, inputs. Uh, but I guess to you, it probably sometimes feels just like work because it's like hours and hours and hours. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it is at the end of the day, it is work. Like I still, I, I have to research sneakers. I have to make sure I get all of the facts, right? I have to make sure that when I'm making a video that the shoes look as true to what they would look like when you pick them up as possible. So like there's a level like I'm tapping, I have to tap into like all of these skill sets um, to, I have to be a, a cinematographer. I have to be a director. Uh, I have to be lighting on set. I have to do like, I have to I literally have to do everything that someone would do to quote unquote shoot a commercial when I'm making these like unboxing videos and same thing for the setup for like what's popping. Like it's like the, it, it's, it's essentially a studio show that I'm doing out of the loft at my house um, setting everything up. So it's, it's, it's more of, you know, it's really just me 
being, you know, being blessed that I that I do have these skills and that I'm able to utilize them in this way. But at the end of the day, it's still working. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm still working. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm sure learning all these trans skills, like it's not a, it's such a huge deal. Do you have a background in any of that as far as education wise, or have you really self taught all these different things? No, I I learned well. I guess kind of. So when I was in college, I interned at a at an audio production okay. house. Um, for like, for like a summer they did, uh, they did like ADR and Foley and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And so like, that was like my foray into that world. Um, but the rest of it, like how to shoot and all that stuff has basically been YouTube university has been like my, my same. Isn't it funny how people, uh, assume that you've got a massive crew or know what you're doing when in fact like every day yeah. like same for me like people think i know what i'm doing with the podcast but like i'm literally youtubing everything like how to freaking yeah make the sound sound right how to reduce the plosives in the audio yep. all that kind of stuff that's so yep. interesting to me people don't get that but part. it's nice because you're not having to cannibalize the money you make i mean that's that's the big win and doing it by yourself yeah. and keeping it lean is that you're not giving out 15 percent, giving out 15 percent, giving out 15 percent uh, even though you may do that for some yeah, people, it's, it's, but like if you had a huge team, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely important too. Like, because uh, I think people think you make a lot more money than you actually do doing uh-huh. this kind of stuff. So it's it's uh, it's important to to be able to 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 be able to do all of these things because you know for for a long time like it was yeah. just me. Like for years, it was just me. Like I was I I I. I probably started working with a team a year and a half ago and uh, I was 10 years. So May marked my 10th year in the sneaker world. So for eight and a half of those years, I was doing everything Dude. on my own. And that's such, I looked back at your YouTube history, basically like sorting by oldest and you le- legit are like a pretty good example of being consistent. Kind of like the Gary V thing, like making eight years worth of videos and have an okay traction, but nothing life changing. And then finally hitting that inflection yeah. point. I think it's like a really great example for people that are like discouraged about creating stuff that they're interested in. Like, yeah, if you want to make videos about Pokemon cards, make it for you and not for the money, because if you're making it for me, it's going to be very visible to the people on the outside. Yeah. And a lot of people get frustrated because I mean, and they, they see, they see what, what like how my videos perform or a product that I get or the relationships that I have with brands and they don't realize like that's a 10 year relationship. Yeah. You know, that's not a, that's not a, Oh, I'm just on YouTube to yesterday. And now I'm, I'm doing all of these things. Like that's a 10 year relationship. That's a, you know, long, some long nights, you know, nights in a hotel going to events where, you know, a brand flies people out to go check out a shoe and I'm working by myself. So I shoot everything at the event and I come back and I'm at the hotel editing so I can get a video up that night while everyone else is out to dinner. Yeah. Like people don't see, they don't see that side of it. All they see is the fact that, oh, you're in New York at a sneaker event. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Like it must be nice. You're going to New York. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'm in my, in a hotel room. Paying for Wi Fi. We'll be at home. <laughs> right. Right. Paying, paying for that for the faster Wi-Fi so the video will upload faster because otherwise it's going to take all night long. That's so crazy. But that's a, a good transition for me because you do now work with some pretty, I mean, you work with all the coolest brands, like objectively. And that's a, kind of a snowball effect now. Like once, you know, Adidas does a good deal with you, then I'm sure other brands are like, oh, Jock Slade got some pretty good exposure for their deal. How has that been? I mean, because that's one of the biggest things that I'm jealous of because you, if people don't know, 
a big part of, or maybe I don't know how big of a part of it, but a big part for me is your unboxing of these different sneaker and video game console collabs. Mm -hmm. And so there's several videos of Jacques on YouTube unboxing on Xbox and something other collab <laughs> or a PlayStation four. And so it really does seem like he's collecting Xboxes and playstations. Uh, what has that been like? Like what are those, uh, maybe what do those conversations look like or what, how do you feel about doing those type of collab deals? Um, I mean, I think that, I think they're awesome. It, it allows me to really connect two parts of my world. Like the, the, the tech video game space is something that I absolutely love and that um, I always kind of want to be a part of. And um, being able to tie that into the sneaker world is, I think, like just like the perfect execution. Sneakers, I think people that wear sneakers or that are into sneakers are generally people that play video games or that and that are super into tech as well. It's like you're kind of like the sneaker guy is generally like the cutting edge guy that's into most cool things. Mm -hmm. And like tech happens to be like what's cool and sneakers happens to be what's cool. So to be able to blend those two worlds together is, you know, it's, it's, it's the best thing to me. Yeah. That seems super fun. And both of those spaces change so frequently, like such as like yeah. you having to put out so much content each week, sneaker news and video game news, tech news just change every freaking week. Like to you. Oh, every, every single week. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting to think about, and maybe you don't want to think about it, but how it's just like, it's never going to stop. Like it's always, right. it's always getting better and getting more interesting, but also changing every time. So there's really not a stopping point. What is, yeah. And it, what is it's your, harder now. say again, I say it's harder now because it's hard to keep up with everything. Yeah. And there's a lot more, I guess, quote unquote competition in yeah. For people's attention. I mean, it's so saturated now with podcasts and YouTube and everything that um, yeah, you're doing a really good job at staying relevant, but that is a constant battle, I think. To Yeah, to, for sure. Do you care about that at all? Or is it still just like a love language for you to say, hey, I'm going to put this content out? Or do you have, you know, like a roadmap for your career in that regard? No, I think... Um I think that the roadmap for my for my career is to continue to stay relevant. Like that's that's the goal is like to create content, like create good content that people want to watch and that people can engage in um, and give them an experience that some of them just aren't able to to be a part of. Like a lot of the reason why I started doing unboxings um, was because I wanted it, it. It reminded me of those days when I was a kid and I would watch the news and they'd bring all the cool toys on right before Christmas and they show you like all of these new things they're going to launch for Christmas. This this new skateboard or this new electronic scooter or whatever it was. And like, they'd show all that stuff on the news and like, that's how I find out information. That's how I find out what I wanted to put down on my Christmas list. So when I started doing unboxings, like that's sort of the philosophy that I took, like that was how I wanted to, I wanted to kind of reproduce that feeling. So as long as I can continue to do that and um, it still remains exciting to me, uh, I think that's, that's going to be like the path for me. Obviously I want to branch off and do other things down the line, but if I can always kind of keep that as my base, I'm a happy yeah. man. That. Cause it's, I mean, it's, it's at least allowed you to be fully employed with that and not have to grind yeah. it out at midnight type thing. And I, I really appreciate, like, it seems like when you like tell your parents about, yeah, this guy unboxes sneakers on YouTube and has a million subscribers. It doesn't make <laughs> sense to a lot of people, but it does, it does, like hit some kind of tangible need that people kind of like you growing up maybe thought, or I definitely 
thought growing up, like I'm never going to have all this cool, the, the coolest, newest stuff. But for people right. that, at least for me, when I watch these unboxing videos, it's at least a, a glimpse into what it's like to have a, a $11,000 pair of Dornbeckers or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool to me. Do you get that kind of feedback yeah, often? And I, yeah. Cause I mean, even for me, like I'd never imagined that I'd have this stuff and like the, the, I, I saw it through the eyes of like the cool people in my neighborhood when I was young that had the Jordans that had the, had the cool Nikes that had the cool Adidas shoes. Like I, I kind of lived vicariously through them seeing it. And so that's kind of what, you know, I'm presenting it in that way for people to kind of live through me or at least see it in a way that, um, that isn't just from the brand. They can hear like someone that, that actually has it and that, that talks about unbiased. it. I never, I never, yeah. Unbiased. And I never wanted to be like, Hey, look, I have this. Like I try to never present it as like, I'm cool. I have this. I always try to present it as this is what this uh-huh. is. Um, that way uh, I'm, I don't ever want the audience to feel like um, I don't acknowledge that I'm very lucky to be in the position that I'm in. There are some daily comforts that just make you grateful and feel more grounded in life, like petting the dog, hitting your snooze button, and of course, that first cup of joe in the morning. These are things that you count on every day to help you get where you want to go. Things like the Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide. You can count on the Upper Room for daily inspiration, daily community, and daily prayer. It is the only daily devotional magazine written by readers, ordinary people, people who have encountered God in daily situations. The Upper Room is here for you every day through an email, custom app, or printed magazine. Enjoy a free 30-day trial of the email or app service by visiting upperroom.org slash welcome. That's U-P-P-E-R-R-O-O-M dot org slash welcome to get your first 30 days free. Yeah, I love that. Because, I mean, it could be very easy to flex, like... Oh, look at this. Look, I'm at Jordan's spot. Oh, right. look, I got this new Xbox. And I think you do a, a good job of being like, look, this is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is how awesome this thing is. And it doesn't ever feel like uh, you're doing it for the vine. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it's, like it's that's never that's never the case. RIP vine. Yeah. Um, so you've done. I'm interested in kind of your entertainment career, too. Like you, you had an appearance on Community. Yeah. So like Joel McHale has been on the podcast. He wrote the forward to my book. Oh, amazing. Real big fan. Um, and I, I read today that you were on community. What was that whole experience? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, it was great. It was really cool. It was a really cool experience. So I, uh, I used to do music a lot when I was younger. Um, yeah, I, I did a lot of rap. I saw those videos, rap, the hip hop videos. Yeah. Rap. yeah God, God, God bless it. Um, <laughs> And so, hey, you had bars. I'm not gonna let you be humble on that. You did have bars, a much better bars than a lot of people today. Uh, so I, um, I got connected with a music supervisor for Community, and um, he he was like, "Hey, we're we're doing this new show called Community. Do you want to work on? Um, do you want to do something, some music for the show?" And obviously, I was like, "Of course." And so they was like, "Well, we have this idea for the pilot." So for the pilot episode, um, I, I I performed the song that Dan wrote, Dan Harmon, the uh, the showrunner that he wrote. So he wrote like this song that was going to be playing out of the radio in the pilot. And so I did the song for the pilot. The show eventually got picked up and then I did more songs for the show. So I did probably, I would say maybe like 10 songs for like the background of, oh. of the show. Um, and in the process of that, 
um, they had one episode where they wanted a um, a rapper to perform with with Pierce um, to to make a bad song about Pierce, and so that's how that's how I got on the show. So I did. Um, Eric, Eric and I performed the song dissing Pierce, and then Pierce and I did like the bumper at the end of the show dissing Eric, um, and that that's how like that kind of happened because I was doing music for the show. That's how I ended up getting on the show. That's cool. And were you, uh, did you feel comfortable, comfortable in that environment or did it feel like, uh, was it weird to be in a, basically with a bunch of, maybe, maybe they weren't TV stars back then, but like, did it feel weird in that environment, not having a ton of acting or entertainment experience in that? Well, I mean, I had the, I guess I technically had the entertainment experience because I was like performing around town. I was performing in, you know, around Southern California, San Diego, Santa Barbara, like up and down kind of like the coast, the West coast. Okay. So you were gigging. Yeah. So I was doing, I was doing gigs then. So I had performed on stage before and really I wasn't acting. I was just rapping on stage. So, you know, it wasn't like a big thing, big like transition for me. And I didn't, like I didn't really have any real scenes with any of like I didn't have any scenes with Joel. Like I don't even think I ever met. I only think I've yeah I don't even think I've even met him. Um, okay. Like for the day that I was shooting, I think I met. Um, gosh, I think it might have just been Eric. That that might have been really Eric and and then Chevy are like the only like actors on the show that I met. Like the others were in the crowd, but like I didn't have like any direct Never reaction really. with uh, any connection with them. Interesting. And more recently you had a spot and I can't tell if it, if it, if they made it a full thing or not, but you had a spot in the fresh Prince remake trailer. Yeah. Uh, yes. Is that going to be, is that going to be an actual movie or was that just a teaser? No. So that was just uh, a project for, for the, the direct, the guy that directed that Morgan Cooper, he had this idea for this reimagining of the fresh Prince. And so, um, uh, he, he, it was, uh, he, he worked with, uh, TLD or Sun Squared Media to, to put it together. And, um, I'm friends with Coop and I'm friends with the guys, guys at Sun Squared. And so they were like, Hey, do you want to play this role in like the trailer that we're shooting? And I was like, sure. Like, obviously, yeah, it'd be fun. So that, that was that. Now, as a result of that, Coop, it got in front of Will because it went viral, like, which no one really expected. It ended up going viral, got in front of Will. And so they're going to read, they're actually going to do a show, but it's going to be, from what I understand, it's totally disconnected from that trailer. Like that trailer is just like the idea. It was like the idea for it. And I don't, uh, as far as I know, as of right now, I, there, none of the people that were in the trailer will make it into like the remake of the show. From from my from my knowledge, but I mean that obviously could change. You should get some credit, bro. Ah. They're about to make bazillions <laughs> off that idea that y'all basically served up to them. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, I, I shouldn't we'll say see. we 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 not me. It was all Coop. It was all Coop's idea. He wrote the script, so he like he, Scoop, Coop is working on the show. He's one of the writers. He's one of the showrunners. So like it, it 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 proved to be you know very be very lucrative for Coop. So he's he's definitely like making a show with them, and they have two seasons. So it's all a big deal. Dang, that's cool, man. Yeah. LA is an interesting place where an idea can be something can just be an idea one day and then the next week it ends up being a full yep. fledged deal. That's it's really a full cool. fledged deal. Like I'm super proud, super proud of Coop, super happy for him. Like that that's a huge thing. Yeah, I bet that'd be so fun. Uh and that doesn't happen to many people where you just come up with an idea and it, it manifests in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. Um, staying on the entertainment side, you did do something, uh, during the NBA season with my guy words played who I had on the podcast. Yeah. 
Talk about that. Like, so you were the lead for uh, some type of NBA commentary show, and words played showed up being words played. Being Talk words about played. that briefly. Uh, yeah. So, so NBC, <laughs> NBC Sports, I should say, they wanted to do a a show. Um, like an NBA commentary show. And so we did like a pilot run of, I think it was 10 episodes. I think we did 10 episodes. And Words Played came on for one of the episodes because we had like these funny segments in between like the the commentary. And uh-huh. he came on and just ripped it. Like he's so dope. Like he is incredibly dope. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was like, I was super excited that he came on. Cause I remember when they told me that I was like, Oh, we're thinking about getting a rapper for this episode. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. But they didn't I mean, know I'm who. a rapper, but yeah. You know, yeah. Get no, and, and that was, and that was, and that was part of it too. That was part of my, uh, part of my judginess. And I was like, well, like, cause they didn't know who it was going to be at the time. And I was like, all right, well, you know, cool. If they can't, if they can't pull their weight, then, you know, I'll just put something together myself. Cause you know, <laughs> obviously no big, no big, no, I've big. got it right here. <laughs> yeah, I've got it. Uh, but then it ended up being words played and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He, he'll, he'll do 10 times better than I ever would have. And he did. Yeah. He, he's so underrated. I yeah. mean, I didn't really know about him until about, a, about a year ago or so, but we're, we're buddies now. And not only does he have an amazing rap voice, uh, like he's like he's up there with some of the top rappers for me because of his voice. Like yeah. it sounds really smooth and deep and everything. But he's also super smart and super funny, which is like yeah. a real dangerous combo for, for uh, a rapper, especially for a rapper. If you're smart and you're funny, like that 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 puts you in a different league when it comes to rap. Oh yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. I mean, he's got a good following now, but yeah. I think he's gonna reach some inflection point. Uh, personally, like his stuff he's doing right now. I don't know if you've seen about the circle of trust and everything. He's doing this whole comedic bit on Instagram, uh, which is hilarious. Uh, have you seen it? I haven't, seen, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Yet. All right. Well, he's basically doing this whole super satirical bit about like uh, influencer gurus, like the Ty Lopez's of the world, but he's basically giving all terrible advice, <laughs> like uh, taking out more credit cards, like spending more it. than it's just, it's, it's really funny. I love it. Um, so the 2020 has been weird. Yeah. Like you don't even have to wear shoes this year. Uh, as somebody who also creates content based loosely around sneakers, uh, what does it look like for you this year? Like, I mean, I've seen your content, but has that shifted your creative process at all? Or what does that look like for you? Yeah, I think it's shifted me creatively just because they're, the, the product is new product, I should say is less of a focus and I've got to, it's forced me to kind of find deeper stories to tell around other things. So I think hmm. that's probably the biggest shift for me. It's, it's funny because like everybody's like, oh, we're at home all the time now. And I'm like, well, I was always at home all the time. This is, <laughs> yeah. that's how I kind of lived my life. Um, and so I, for me, I guess the biggest impact is uh, it's forcing me to tell stories in different ways, which is uh, almost really a blessing in disguise so that I'm not re- I'm not reliant on the newest typest thing and I can just tell great stories regardless. Yeah. That's awesome. Cuz I I really felt that tension whenever like this whole platform has been just given to me like I haven't earned it like you have. But I did feel that tension when COVID started happening like oh crap. This is about to make me super irrelevant if I don't pivot some of this stuff. Yeah. And the thing about pivoting is that or at least for my account, people come to see one certain thing on my account. And the idea of changing that 
has been a challenge. Like I haven't perfectly done it and I don't think I've achieved it yet, but that's something I think about a ton is like how to maintain people's attention and give them what they want, I guess, but also, uh, serve them up something that maybe they didn't know they wanted. Yeah. Uh, what is your, what is your process for like, so you're, you're pushing out like 10 pieces of content a week. It sounds like, yeah. Is there anything you do each week to, or there, is there a certain like 10 set of accounts that you're checking on Sundays to like come up with new pieces of content? What does that look like for you? God, it's purely con- for me. It's, it's constantly every, I mean, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the internet every day, every morning I'm up like scanning through accounts, scanning through Instagram, scanning through Twitter, uh, scanning through hype beast, uh, high snob. I'm going to like complex sneakers. I'm going to soul collector. I'm going to Huffington post. I'm going to New York time. Like I'm going to everything in the morning and just kind of like scanning through and collecting as much information as I, as I can to see if it somehow kind of taps into what I need, you know, something that that's relevant or that actually has some sort of uh, relevance to what I'm doing. I'm checking YouTube. I'm checking the verge. I'm checking like input mag. I'm checking nylon. I'm checking people. I'm checking Snapchat discover. Like I'm literally on every platform in the mornings and, you know, I probably spend about an hour, hour and a half every morning just going through every site that I can kind of think of seeing what they have, seeing what's going on, see what's new has been announced, what might've happened, what some celebrity did, what some celebrity wore, see if that makes important, if that's important enough to talk about what NBA guys wore that night, like all of those things kind of, you just kind of filter those into, you know, filter, filter those into a funnel and find out like, all right, what's going to come out at the end and how am I going to make this all work together? Jeez. Do you ever feel like you get content overload though? Like, or do you, Oh yeah have to intentionally de like unplug at some points. Like how did I, I know that you run a ton. Is that your escape for that kind of thing? Or do you have to like unplug for weeks at a time? Cause that's a ton of content every single day. Yeah. Uh, I, I run, I run probably two to three times a week, sometimes four if I'm, if I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I, that's just like my me time. It's just me and like, an album or something and like i literally just listen to an album all the way through or i'll listen to a podcast all the way through um and just kind of vibe out and, and kind of disappear for a minute um and mm-hmm. then throughout the day i often like sign off walk away from the computer go eat play with the dog you know watch tv just give myself a moment to kind of get away from everything and then come back and you know start editing or something like that and like making sure i I I can ignore the notifications. I've started using the um the sleep timer in iOS now for iOS 14 mm-hmm. um where it like kind of blacks out your screen and it doesn't send you notifications or anything to your watch or to your or to your phone and like I have that come on I believe at like 10:15, 10:30 every night. And so like that's it and that's it. So you're until, not sitting in bed freaking so I'm not sitting light. in bed. Yeah, getting getting notifications, hearing my phone vibrate, me wondering who it is. And so like that's been really good. I've been using that for probably like the last week and a half, maybe two weeks. And so like that's been really cool because it's like at that as soon as that comes on, I'm not getting any notifications. Even if I'm not in bed and I'm still working, it stops the notifications from coming in and, and it doesn't show anything until seven in the next seven the next morning when my alarm goes off. And even then I have to dismiss it in order for it to start showing notifications. So if I wake up and I feel like I'm going to go back to sleep, I just stop the alarm and then it still doesn't show me any notifications. So I kind of love that. 
I need to do that because it can, I mean, it can turn into an addiction real quick. Yeah. Absolutely. As far as like feeling like you got to be looking at your phone all the time. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel that. Um, okay. We're, we're running up on time. I don't want to take too much more time. I just love to know, like, so you're doing all these things all the time. You've been doing this for 10 years. Is there something that sticks out to you that is like your most proud moment or like, what are you most proud of, uh, throughout this entire content career of yours? Gosh, that's a, that's a great question um i think more than anything if, if, if there's like a, a moment to be proud of i don't know if it's a moment it's more of like a collection of moments of being um i say of being put in a position to help others and to kind of pass on the knowledge that i've gotten um i've been able to really help and assist a lot of like a lot of the guys that are on sneaker youtube like with helping mm -hmm. them with their business and stuff like that and helping them grow and giving them information that i have like being able to pass that down or being able to go back to to the boys and girls club in my old neighborhood and and get all of all of the kids their shoes or, yes, or that's working, awesome working with like Foot Locker and the fred jordan mission and getting like kids in LA school supplies and getting them shoes and getting them socks and getting them eat food to eat and haircuts and clothes and stuff like that. I think those are probably the most important moments. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer, uh, you know, based on my faith that I'm put in this position to bless others. Um, and so like, those are the moments that I think are most important. Yeah, I agree. And that's huge. I mean, 10 years of doing this, even for one of those moments at the boys and girls club or in the city of LA yeah. worth it all for yeah. your whole life. Yep. I would say what an awesome position for him to put you in to say, Hey, uh, God works in mysterious colorways. You're going to be talking about sneakers, tech and video games and get the opportunity to change kids lives. Dude. Yep. That's, a, that's super encouraging and validation for what you're doing. Like yeah. you wouldn't have ever been able to be in that position at scale if you didn't have, what you have now. Absolutely. Dude, that's super encouraging. Um, okay. I guess a, a couple last questions, less serious. What's uh, so what are some sneakers you're excited about going into the tail into tw 20 and into 21 and you can't say the union Jordan fours or, um, well, I am kind of excited about that. I want, I want the black. I, I don't have any of the union Jordan fours. I wasn't able to get them. I do want the mm. black ones cause I want to tie dye them. Um, oh, snap. bleach dye them. So I've been trying to get because you actually wear your kicks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never, I've never sold a pair of sneakers. Uh, so I'm for trying real? to get, yeah, for real. Oh, snap! <laughs> I've given you, them you away. Just wear everything. I give them, yeah, yeah. I give them away, but I've never, I've never actually sold a pair. Dang! So you wear your sneaks? Yeah, that's legit. Um, okay, so, so back I, to I want to bleach dye the Union Forest. Um, I really like that. Um. Uh, I don't know what I forgot what they're calling it. That Jordan one that looks like the Travis Scott one. Um, I, I'm really excited about that. Like the uh, GR one. Yeah, like the GR one. I think that's going to be really. I, think I know. Really I know what you're about talking about. Jordan like one. the poor man's Travis Scott yeah, Jordan the, one. Yeah, which which I think actually probably looks better than the Travis Scott one, but we'll see. Uh -huh. I'm going to get it in hand. Um, what else? Um, I think Nike, if if what I've seen is correct, Nike is doing something else with the Adapt by the end of the year. So I'm kind of okay. excited. Uh, I'm kind of excited about that. Um, 
I, I honestly really like what Puma is doing with the Dreamer and their RS line. I, I feel like they're in a position to really do something cool and different. So I hope yeah. they kind of they kind of stay true to that. Kind of um, like what Adidas was in right before Boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Puma is like right when they got into the dad shoe stuff that started. I gave a little more respect to Puma, like because those silhouettes looked a lot better than yeah, kind of what you think of when you think of Puma sneakers. Yeah. And they're hopefully they're changing that that narrative about what what they represent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I would God this yeah uh, that's probably the biggest thing. And then possibly golf. I feel like a lot of the golf brands are starting to see the the value in giving things a lifestyle sort of yeah. slant to them um adidas is doing the superstar golf shoe uh nike golf is doing like the jordan stuff and mm-hmm. um i feel like that that trend line is only going to continue to go up as um golf brands realize that they can create golf product that people can wear off the course and um it doesn't need to scream golf um, right. in order for, for it to be accepted by the golf community. Um, and a lot of it has to do with players like Brooks stepping in and wearing, um, off white prestos and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, um, Ricky always kind of being Ricky with the loud colors and all of that stuff. I think he, they're really kind of breaking the rules of what you could, you, what you, what you expect to see a golf person, a golf player wearing. Yeah. And I, I think maybe it was Dustin Johnson that wore the, maybe Jordan three golf or maybe the air max one golf and people were talking about it a ton. And that, that I think opened people's eyes a lot to be like, Oh, not, this makes golf a, look a lot cooler than yep. maybe the standard paying black golf shoes or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's a huge market. Of course, Nike's going to freaking print money on that. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. And do you play a lot of golf? Uh, I want to say I play a lot. I play as often as I can though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean you don't have four hours every week to, uh, <laughs> to play eighteen holes of golf? Nah, I wish. I, w- I wish. I wish I could play once a week. That would be amazing to be. Even if it's a like a, a par three once a week would be great. But I can't even get to the range once a week. So <laughs> par threes are so fun. Uh, that's about the only golf I can play. Otherwise, <laughs> I make a fool out of myself. All right, so we're at time, Jacques Slade. You're, you know, I know this is an incredibly out, incredibly expensive hour of your time. So oh, I really stop. appreciate you spending this. Uh, what do you have to pub right now? I want to give you the opportunity. Where can people find you online and any projects that you got going on that you can pub? Uh, I, I hate this part of things like this. Um, I don't like to push anything. Uh, if you, if you found this podcast interesting at all, um, you can give me a follow at K U S T O O M on all of the places. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Bumble, Grinder, YouTube, Snapchat, <laughs> Amazon, uh, all of those places you can find me at, uh, at Cousteau. Uh, hope, hopefully you enjoyed this. Uh, if anything, uh, make sure you you're downloading this podcast and listening to this podcast, which I was doing right now. Um, yes. Don't worry. Don't worry about following me. Um, I have enough followers. I don't need anybody else to follow me. You're not going <laughs> to like it anyway. All right. <laughs> Jacques Cousteau Slade thanks for spending the time today I know you won't do it but go subscribe to his YouTube uh, Jacques Slade or I guess YouTube is Jacques I mean if you type in Jacques Slade it'll bring up it'll come up yeah he's got incredibly uh, well produced content every week check him out on Instagram YouTube all that Uh, Jacques thanks so much again for coming on Uh, super inspired by you and your you know 
a huge example for me. So I appreciate you spending the time and giving the insight into your world. And uh, yeah, I hope you continue, continue to crush it, man. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much again for listening to this episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. If you did not do what I told you to do at the beginning, head on over to Apple Podcasts, smash that subscribe button, leave a rating and a review if you feel so inclined, and be sure to share it with somebody that you love or hate. I really appreciate everybody doing that. Thank you for spending the time with me today, and be sure to keep your eye out for the next episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.